Welcome to the SBS podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris-Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today. And welcome to the SBS Zwift podcast, Cycling Central podcast. I'm Philip Gomes and uh, with me here today is Anthony Than. Hello, Phil. Rob Arnold. Hello, Phil. Good to be back. And it may come as a surprise to you all, but we're going to talk about the FIFA World Cup today. Oh, no, we're not. We're going to talk about cycling and the Tour de France. What is that thing with the ball anyway? Explain that to me, Anthony. Uh, well, maybe Lance Armstrong could because he's only got one. <laughs> oh, my God. The tone has been set. That's right. Let's we've, improve uh, it. Let's, let's go we've a set, little We've set the bar. Um, Rob, uh, how are you going? Not too bad. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to admit it, but I'm drinking coffee out of a paper cup. It's against my um, my policy. Religion. I don't know why, but I, I just sort of needed to wake up. We're doing a podcast in the morning. We don't tend to do that. We I, usually do it in the at lunchtime. Just so you all know, it's it's nine a.m. at the uh, in the bunker here at SBS. Um, Rob, uh, your tour guide um, out again. How's it going? We got it on sale. It seems to be going well. There's some bit of love on social media, and uh, SBS has been pushing it nicely. So thanks very much. I'd really love people to go and buy it because it's. Uh, it's print and it's nice and you can read it like old school. It's tactile. It is. It's like a Kindle, but that yeah. you actually have pages. When you want to bookmark a page, and as they say, you just bookmark the page. <laughs> to fold the page over to the <laughs> exactly. corner the old-fashioned way. Um, and uh, where can you get said journal? Uh, the official Twitter France guide on sale in newsagents all across the country right now and hopefully selling out fast. Good. Thanks Good for that opportunity to plug a magazine. No worries, man. It's, it's, it's a rare day, you know. Um, <laughs> comes around every year. Okay, we're going um, to talk a little bit about, uh, well, not a little bit, but exclusively about the Tour de France because we've got that coming up on Saturday week, the 7th of July. A little bit later than normal um, because of the uh, Football World Cup which we're also doing here on SBS. Now, I suppose, you know, the, the, the early talking points, we've got all the teams are releasing their uh, their rosters for the tour. Mm. And needless to say, there have been a few surprises. Well, at least one major surprise. Uh, you know, some not so much of a surprise because we've, uh, we've had some teasers about that. But certainly Mitchell and Scott and uh, their selection uh, vis-a-vis Mr. Caleb Ewan, um, that came as a bit of surprise to everyone. Well, only because of the team's shenanigans. Like... If you look at the roster, it makes complete sense. There's, it, it makes, it's, it's an obvious choice to back Adam Yates. But why on the 13th of December 2017 do they make an announcement about July 2018 to say, Caleb Ewan's going to make his Tour de France debut? Hmm. You know, even back then it seemed like, why? Yeah. Why, why are you telling us now? What's the point? Are you trying to... What's, what, what is the go here? Yeah, I, I never felt confident actually about Caleb Ewan being on that start list for the tour I was hesitant in last week's podcast I just felt uh yeah he was going in as he he didn't really have the the runs on the board obviously because he's never done the tour and you know you need at the tour everyone every top sprinter knows you need a sprint train 
And so how much, how many resources can they allocate towards that? I also think there was a turning point at the Giro, even though that was Simon Yates, because they saw really, even though they went in with ambitions to win, they could actually win. And, you know, un- until three days to go, it, it did look like Simon Yates, or a couple of days before, it did look like he, you know, he had a really good shot. So I think that changed the dynamic among Mitchelton Scott as well. But, you know, as we were articulating last week, you know, we're talking about people being left off the Australian track team and about transparency, about why they made those decisions. And in that press release, I just thought, yeah, it came upon me that there was there was none of that transparency. There was no reasoning. It just said it was, oh, one of the hardest decisions ever made. But really, they needed to say why they excluded Ewan, um, you know, even if it was a, a press release, simply because that's what people were, were asking as soon as that came yeah, out. Yeah, it, it, mm. it, was, it was a major omission. You read the press release, here's mm. a team, it was a tough decision, and yet the guy you announced in December who was going to be on the team wasn't even mentioned in the press release. No, he did get a paragraph. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah well. So, thanks for I mean, coming. I think maybe. But not the... a quote from him, though, yeah. Rob. No. Yeah, and I think it deserved one. Yes, and he offered one pretty quickly after it was issued. Anyway, yeah. he came in on. It's, it's our expect. Look, I think it's because our expectations in Australia are high and perhaps a little bit different uh, for Mitchelton Scott, per, like as fans mm. in, in in Australia, we expect something a little bit more from them when it comes to this sort of thing. Is that is that part of the reason why? Do you think that's part of the reasons why it kind of blew up a bit? Because that was the thing that, like for me, that's why I got cranky about the whole thing. Well, it's frustrating because you're playing their game. You know, they issued the release, they've made the statements, they've been saying, you know, Caleb's going to, it's going to be a two pronged attack, and we didn't. No one in the media initiated that campaign. Hmm. It was entirely team communication, and even. Uh, some people close to the team didn't understand why the ish- the release was issued in December to say Caleb's going to be part of it. But everyone then grew comfortable in that commentary yep. saying, OK, you know, after Milan San Remo, I interviewed Caleb and we're talking about what, what legacy he's going to have from his Tour de France debut. Uh, that was in March. You know, like you say, you progress that through the year and uh, through the, the months and then all of a sudden it's a backflip and... I understand the backflip because I can understand that with only eight riders, you have you have to prioritise. And we commented last week that it didn't make a great deal of sense to try and have, you know, a two-pronged attack for stage wins in sprints and GC. So it's good that they've they've honed in on Adam and said, right, this is what we're going to do. But but so why did they apply the the release back in December? It just doesn't add up. It just doesn't make any it sense. Doesn't add up. It's and and we just. They haven't replied. They just haven't responded to that no. criticism. So. No. Yeah. And, and, and there's been a great deal of counselling in the UN household. You know, I don't think they've been... <laughs> he has been pretty, you know, yep. shocked by it all. And everyone's been speculating that it was done because he had signed with Lotto. That there was uh, the, the Belgian Lotto yes, Sudal that's right. team. Yes, yes, yes. That's not the case yet. That mm. needs to be really clear. He's still in negotiation phase. It's not even... It's, 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 it's not, not even a done deal. It's yeah. not a done deal. There yeah. are other teams sniffing around. There's people. The, the, the transfer market shouldn't be the reason, and it's, I don't think it is the reason for his omission. Yeah. yeah, however, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to stay at a team that doesn't take you to your debut tour when you've spent 
the whole year thinking about. It's a massive the, broken promise. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I I certainly would be just you know uh, wouldn't just be going. Okay, mate, it will happen next year because it might not happen next year as well. Another thing, going back to the Giro, uh, I think what we saw also. You know, this green edge here comes across as, I don't know, that larrikinism, but I think it's actually quite a cutthroat environment. And if you don't perform, you are excluded. And so also with Simon Yates' performance, and you could say to uh, uh, Chavez's lesser performance, I, I think they're really, they, they're definitely going to keep the Yates twins and in order to do that there's they say we're going to give you all the resources you need because they don't want them to go i think chavez he he needs to really the next ground tour if he does something like he did at the giro i don't think he'll be with the team either Mm. Um, i was wondering what was going on there and i've heard it said you know there's lots of theories i mean what Esteban can do is amazing, but mm. what happened in the Giro where he did just suffer those collapses and wasn't there when Simon needed him to be, uh, apparently it's to do with his um, how he comes down from altitude and he doesn't manage it terribly well. Which is but, weird if you're Colombian. Well, I, I mean, I've yeah. spoken with Egan Bernal about the effects of altitude He, he mm. and that was interesting in itself. He just... Right. Um, because everyone just assumes if they're altitude natives, which is that sky buzzword that they generated a few years ago when they suddenly had all of these Colombians, um, that they are just that when they get to sea level that they're these superhumans. But it, I don't think it applies like that. And but it does definitely have an effect on physiology. And we've seen Chavez suffering. You know, he, maybe the early stanza of the Giro served him well because he'd just come down and he had the the benefits. And then after a while, he just gets fatigue. I'm not, not sure. Yeah, so it's 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 whether it's this is a blip or it's a pattern, and if it's a pattern, he, he's out as as far as I can see. You know, um, Yates falling, Simon Yates that is falling short three days before. You, okay, you can manage that, but yeah, someone you know plummeting catastrophically. You know, not even what halfway into the Giro it would be cause con- for concern if you're going to throw an entire team behind one rider. Mm. Okay, let me ask you one last question on this because obviously we've discussed it a lot and I think obviously we're now pretty much at the point where we want to move on from Caleb. Mm. Um, is is this by Mitchell and Scott a sign that they've truly broken with their Australian roots and focus? I'm just going to throw that out there, just to be provo- provocative. No, because they've got Damien House and Matt Heyman, Michael Hepburn. All support characters. I'm talking about a, a point writer. Oh, I see. Mm. Yeah, a, a talisman. That's right. Well, yeah, I mean, this 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 is also a point. It's I think it's a critical point in their evolution if you like i think it shows that they're not that there is still some australian dna of course there is because jerry ryan's the you know um the backer behind this whole project however in terms of the makeup yeah you don't have one of those talismanic figures okay you could say Heyman, but he's on the way out uh and then you know like i said with the yates twins um and the, these guys, yeah, they're, they're all non-Australians. And as a result, this is 
this doesn't feel like an Australian team. Just because you've got Whitey there, I don't think that's enough. You need a rider. Uh, you need someone who can basically generate, well, who, who can give you eyeballs, right? And uh, and I don't think they have that Aussie rider yet. Maybe it might be a Jack Haig or okay. a Housen, like you said, but it's, it's not there yet. It's not like, uh, you know, they don't have someone like, Evans or anything like that. I think you've touched on it. I think Jack Haig, if they gave him a run at it, and I think he's going to get a good go at the Vuelta. It's very early in his career. It's very early. But what he did at the Giro was just amazing. You know, he was dropping Froomey early. He was just doing amazing things as a domestique. And it's a couple of years away, but if he gets leadership and if he stays on that team, I think it'll, he'll be well served. And he backed up, he backed up reasonably in Switzerland. Mm. He's, he's just... Never ceases to impress me. Mm. I think if Richie Port doesn't do, when um, Rob says it's a few years away, I think I'm just yeah astounded at Haig's progression. I think it actually it might only be two years away. Mm. This this guy is progressing that quickly. Uh, so yeah, I, you almost feel like he's he's next in line. Okay. Now, uh, just really quickly, right, yep. I think the decision to back Adam Yates was probably made on what stage seven of the Dauphiné, when he, which he won, when Daniel Navarro seemed like he was a shoe in for the stage win, and then within a hundred metres of the line, Adam burst out ahead of the other GC guys and overtook the Spaniard, and it was kind of like, oh, that was it, it was a spectacular stage, an amazing display of riding, and it was clear that he has incredible, uh, he has incredible ability, and it makes sense for the team to back him. Right. It's just that it doesn't make sense what they did with Caleb. I yep. think we've cleared that up. Yep. Okay, so let's move on to the other kind of wacky, wacky selection. It's a choice. strange time. I love this week yeah, before the tour. Yeah. All it's, dumb things happen. It's fun. Look at Fortunier. No, Sam wait, no, we'll, we'll get Can there we in a minute. We'll, no, 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 we'll get, we'll get it. Let, Look at the Mulvey star three-pronged attack is yeah, out Yeah, let's talk about Landa Quintana and uh, Valverde. But also, we can also throw Soler into the mix just kind of sitting at the back there somewhere. You know? Solo so, met the cut, didn't he? Yes. What a team. What a team. So, three, how many leaders is too many? Eight. <laughs> I, for some reason, Movistar is almost a law unto their own. They seem to make it work. There doesn't seem to be a lot of infighting. From what I understand, Valverde is a very easy to get along with character and... He's happy to subsume a role. If he's not there, then he's happy to work for someone else. I think uh, Lander also to some extent as well because he's he's been a domestic, super domestic before. So I think he's also happy to accept that role. Uh, so I don't I don't see it blowing up. It's probably the only team where I can see three leaders going to the Tour de France and it not ending in tears. Yeah, there just doesn't seem... I don't feel like Movistar... Also, I was listening to Alex Dowsett talk about his time. There, there doesn't seem to be a lot of egos there. So I Yeah, think Rory Sutherland sort of explained that as well. You know, he really enjoyed the atmosphere on that team. He's the only Australian ever to have ridden in the, under mm. that banner. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the longest-standing teams in the pro peloton. Yeah. And there does seem to see it be a lot of cohesion. I think what's different is that it's going to be the thinning out as, we, as the peloton goes up climbs. And most other teams are going to be left with one, one, maybe two, and it looks like 
I would imagine Movistar is going to have the weight of numbers this year. We, I don't think Sky's announced their lineup yet, have they? No, not yet. But, but I mean, I think we can be pretty certain that you know Garrett, Garrett will be there, Garrett Thomas will be there, and obviously, mm. you know, Froomey will will uh, drive the bus. So who? Froomey. Ah, uh, yeah. Remember that guy? Anyway, just historically though, Rob. Um, I keep waking just, up every morning waiting to see the release about Chris Froome, and it but, still hasn't appeared. No, it still hasn't. But anyway, tapping in, tapping into your uh, to your mental hard drive yeah. about team leadership historically in pro cycling. Yes. Right. Most teams have really just gone with either a two pronged attack sprinter and uh, GC guy, yeah. or clearly one GC guy. So. What Movie Star is doing here is is really quite extraordinary in a way. Yeah, it's a little bit of the Reese and Ulrich. If you, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that worked out really well. Yeah, I don't want to cast my mind back to '97. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good times. Uh, <laughs> what a time in sport. Um, uh, who who else has succeeded with a two prong GC attack? Well, we look at Froome and Wigo. That was a pretty significant one, but not without its tensions. Quite a lot of tension, but it made good for good uh, good reporting, didn't it? It, it made, did. it, made and, it quite and enjoyable. And you could say, even though there was that internecine rivalry, it still worked. I mean, they came first and second, so you can't ignore that. And as Rob alluded to, yeah, I think when it comes down to those crunch times on the mountains, yeah, they're going to have three guys up there. And they've shown in the past how they can work other leaders over with that type of strategy so yeah that's that's why i don't see it as a as a big issue well it's not for them i think it is for the other teams i think if you look at team strategies employed to upset the gc apple cart that day when dan martin won in 2013 was a standout and that showed what movistar is capable of they absolutely you know torched sky to bits it was amazing. Froome had to really manage it on his own, but that was the day Peter Kenyuk went off the edge of the road and, uh, Fr- and Richie lost contact and a whole lot of things just sort of all fell by the wayside and that was all done by the the, um, the tactical brilliance of Movistar. Mm-hmm. But having said all of that, they they haven't worn the yellow jersey for many, many years. You know, the Indurain era is, you know, <laughs> it's another lifetime ago. Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah. Um, I think for that reason, though, Rob, that's why they're going to be so aggressive uh, because it's almost like they don't really have anything to lose because they haven't been in a winning position before. I mean, Naro, okay, he's been second three times or something like that, but Mm. he never felt like he was going to win. Not against Sky anyway. Yeah. Mm. Mm. If you're talking about... Uh, two-pronged leadership for GC. We've had the the uh, um, Vanguard and Import, didn't they go in as co-leaders in 2016? And that thing, oh, God, I can't remember if that's how it worked out. Yeah, but that's that sorted itself it up pretty quickly. Vanguard and Evans? Yes. Even? Yeah. I don't even <laughs> They're not really good examples. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised to see TJ sort of, you know, he was named overnight as being part of the eight for BMC Racing. We also see Patrick Bevan there. I'm pretty thrilled about that. I, I mean, yeah, there was yeah. always talk that he was going to make the cut for BMC Racing, but it's mm. it's great for the for the Kiwi fans. So let, let's just sum up Movie Star for a minute. Okay? Oh, sorry, so, I'm jumping from another, yeah, yeah, to another that's okay. Thing. So uh, to sum up Movie Star, good, bad, indifferent. Who's going to be, be awesome? your leader? No, no they're they're, yeah. they're going to be they're going to they're going to make the tour exciting you know rob and i was just saying we think it could be a a great tour Uh, you know i I felt the last couple of years yeah i mean it's it's great in the sense that it's a 
the spectacle of domination, but that's also made it a little boring or lacklustre. Uh, I think this year, yeah, you've got guys who just are prepared to try and win. You know, <laughs> Richie doesn't. I think if he finishes second, he, he won't be happy with that. <laughs> yep. uh, same with Quintana, same with Bardet, same with Uran even. Yep. Mm, Tom Southam told me at the Tour Down Under <laughs> when we were talking about Sky that it costs a lot of money to make cycling look really boring. And yeah. I think that if you're... And by that he meant that they just sat there and they we understand the Sky approach and tapping out tempo and holding that train. But if you look at that combo at Movistar, it's... Um, it's going to be a little bit more um, animated. It's not like they're just going to have uh, Lander doing what he did last year, sitting up pacing tempo for Quintana and Valverde and maybe even Soler, but you're going to have that quartet sitting in at the at the front and then when necessary, I think there's going to be volley of attack after one after mm. the other until it, leadership is determined by proxy. Mm. And um, so I think that the investment that Movistar's made should be good for the interest of cycling. I think it will be much more spectacular to watch. We'll wait to see how it unfolds, but I imagine that it will be more aggressive. Yeah. Um, we'll be back uh, just after this short message from our sponsor. Zwift has group rides for all levels. With a ride approximately every 30 minutes, you can join a group and ride that fits your schedule and your level. Group rides stay together behind a leader. They enjoy friendly banter, a relaxed vibe, a little bit of fun and some friendly racing. Just like rides in the real world, except there's no worries about a rear wheel puncher slowing the group down or being left behind. Check it out for yourself at Zwift.com today. It's fun for the whole family. I got my, <laughs> my seven-year-old started on Zwift a couple of weekends ago. It was amazing. He did five days in a row. His brother was away for the weekend and, he, and, and, and Xavier wanted to be riding when um, his brother returned and he was late. So he did an hour and a half on his fifth day on Zwift. Wow. And there was, it was amazing. Yeah. And, and, and it was just a pleasure to watch him sitting there being determined. And so if you have tried Zwift and wondered if your children would like it, they will. do try. It's yeah. great screen time. Perfect for the generation. Yeah, actually it's great screen time for kids because yeah. Yeah. at least – they're actually doing something. And the commentary that fit. comes out of it is amazing, like where you have a seven-year-old talking about what's per kilo and what he wants to hold and trying to do efforts and this and that. It's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. I spent enough time on the screen. I think <laughs> right. I still like to get out there. Go outside. Yeah, yeah that's right. It was um, cold and wet that weekend. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, something unusual, like it, it kind of throwing it into the Tour de France mix, uh, something really weird and unusual happened this, uh, this past week with uh, uh, Fortuneo Sismic um, team <laughs> losing its bike sponsor. Uh, what, two weeks out Two weeks out from the tour, and um, their bike sponsor was Look, and it's sort of like they've got to pick up and uh, with a new sponsor, which we've heard... They announced overnight it's BH. It's BH Bikes from Spain. So you had a French team with this magnificent French sponsor because Look is an iconic, mm. is an iconic brand. Mm. And they're no longer going to be in the tour. And then you pick up with a Spanish team. And the team obviously will have to retool and will have to refit all the riders. Not, not, I mean, they, they spent, you know, spent a whole early season prepping their bikes and prepping their riders and getting the fit right, etc. And now they've got a very narrow window, effectively a week and a half to get their, their team and bikes ready for the tour. Um, this is really weird, isn't it, Rob? Madness. Madness. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's comical. I don't know of uh, another 
um, another example of this happening. I know that, I mean, the last few years we've seen the trend of bike companies launching new models in advance of the tour and trying to leverage the publicity. And, um, and, and that's going to happen again. I think we're going to see a few new bikes in the next couple of days, literally unveiled. And that shouldn't come as a surprise, but to, to completely shift to a new brand is bizarre. And just curiously, um, uh, Fortunio is one of the teams that's going to be riding SRAM uh, when it had the look partnership. Overnight, they, um, the team issued a release stating that it would be BMC and then they listed a whole bunch <laughs> of components. But we don't know if it's going to be Shimano or SRAM. or it, we, we don't understand that partnership even. So yep. I wonder if they're still sourcing those products. Maybe. Or if they're just stripping back look bikes. <laughs> I don't know. But what, I dare what say happens... the service course is going to be a site of mayhem. I would love to see a time lapse on there for the next few days. Yeah. What what happens though if they lose their if they lost their bike sponsor and then they didn't find another bike sponsor? Are they still like allowed to ride the you know They ride those yellow ones that are on the <laughs> neutral spares. I've found <laughs> there's many, many bikes floating around on Facebook marketplace. I don't know where, yeah. where they're You can just whip about. out all those old um those yeah. old trek uh, the old trek yeah. um if they just turn Armstrong up Armstrong bikes. Like yeah. the, the Uni SA team at the Tour Down Under, just have a mishmash. <laughs> yeah, a just have a hodgepodge, yeah. you know, whatever they've yeah. got, I don't know. But it doesn't, it doesn't exist, extend just to that, though. I mean, if you think about the, the kit. Everything right? changes. I mean, you've got the sponsor's brand on the kit, which means you've got, mm. to change, you've got to get a brand new kit without the sponsor's name on it, with the new sponsor's name on it. I mean, it's, it's just so wacky. We've had incidences, though, in the... Tour de France in the past where riders or teams have um, blanked out sponsors on their jerseys. I, can't, I think it was over a pay dispute or something like that, but yeah. I didn't, didn't remember one year um, um, Sunweb, which used to be Belkin or remember? Uh, Shimano's, they, Kill Shimano. Yeah, that's right. And remember one, there was sort one of. year, they, they was it Lotto Yumbo? They wrote us like an unbranded team. Blanco? Blanco. Oh, Blanco. That's yeah, it. That's it. Yeah, 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 when yeah, Renshaw yeah. was riding with Yeah, them. that's yeah. right. Team Blanco. Yeah. We got nothing. We got no money. Should be, well, it should be called <laughs> Team Blank Checo. Blank Checo. No, that, that's only if Oleg, Oleg is, in, uh, is back in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about Team Coast? Ah, oh, that was a good sponsorship <laughs> yeah, association. Right. 2003. Yeah. Google back, kids. Yeah, Le Groupement. That was, Le Groupement. That was, oh, that was yeah. 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 <laughs> 1995, Le Groupmont. You can have a look at that right. one. Right, yeah, seriously. Or, yeah, look, I mean, cycling throws up some really weird stuff sometimes. I mean, I I just think about our poor, late, lamented Team Fly V, mm, uh, you know. Um, don't, don't mention Chris which, White. Which all fell apart, and then we got Orca Scott, Mitchelton Scott. Mm. So I actually really you know, thought that we would have an announcement by now about Mitchelton Scott changing. I you know, it still wouldn't surprise me. Oh, but Can I be a bit cheeky? All right, go ahead, Rob. Uh, so you're not allowed to have alcohol sponsorship in France for sporting events. No. At all. So that's why when the Euro was on a couple of years ago, you saw inferences to to a beer sponsor. I no. don't need to name the name, but they, they weren't allowed to actually reference the beer or the brand. So Mitchelton Scott is... Well, you would, ha- you would be led to believe that it's a wine company and a bike brand, but... Mitchelton is also a day spa and a resort and a hotel of, I think, 15 rooms. So it's a 15-room day spa which has naming rights to a world <laughs> tour team. Just to, anyway, yeah. it must be a hell. It must. I mean, I'm, I've heard it's a very nice location yeah, but it's, and a it's, fantastic place to be. It's, but it's it's not a wine company. Let's be clear. No, 
No. But it's a it's a pretty cool. The dice way. bar is in a winery of the same name. That's right. It's a pretty cool way to just um, you know, to just sort of like navigate all of those restrictions. I mean, you can imagine, you know, I've got this day spa that's tobacco company. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. um, I'm going to have a massage <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> a chuff. So we're we're going to have we're going to talk to uh, when we're at the tour uh, in a week and a half or so. Most of our crew leave on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next week, um, we're going to be talking to uh, a Fortunato Seismic, and we're going to try, and out of, try to find out exactly what went down and what they've had to do to sort of get themselves back on their feet and get their riders back on the saddle so that they can at least have bikes that fit properly, et cetera. Well, it just throws a little bit of, you know, it's not doping, but it's a little bit of interest. That's right, exactly. So who's going to go pause before the 7th of uh, July? Robert, please don't. <laughs> Right? Isn't that what usually happens? No. Did anyone get excited about the national championships? I thought that this year was just bizarre because it's been broken up into two weekends. I woke up Monday morning trying to find who the Dutch champion was, or who the French champion was, only to realise that it's next weekend. Yeah, but... It's spread up and it has no no uh, anticipation. Okay. Did you enjoy it? No, I'm just kind of keeping track and just seeing who's doing just what. And, yeah, I don't, I don't right. even bother. I, don't, I just I wait till the tour and they go. Oh, okay, he's the he's national, national champion. champion. I mean, I'm not going to follow. I, a, I, I think that in the past, I think we used to follow follow that stuff much more closely than we do today. Um, it's it's the the sport has changed significantly. I think in in terms of meaning, the things that do have that do have meaning, and I th- I know that those things do have meaning. The national championship mm. stuff does have meaning. Uh, within the context of a country, maybe within the context of a specific team who likes to have as many national champions on their team as possible. But I think for the general fans out there... Um, I don't think it feels like any of the Euro races have any of the buzz that the Australian championships have. January is awesome. I love that race. Yeah. It's yeah, so exciting. I, 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 yeah, it's, it's, look, it's a strange one. And, and I, I've, I've held off. We used to cover them. We used to cover them, and we used to make note of them and categorize them, et cetera. But now we don't bother, and we just wait for the tour, and then we just mention, well, so-and-so is a national champion of. From and all accounts, the Slovakian championships <clears throat> was quite a performance. Now, that one is interesting because... That's 160 com- Ks on his own or something? That- uh, but that's also interesting because it's combined, uh-huh. Czech Republic and also Slovakia. They run a combined national championships, and, of course, there's you know historic ties between the two countries, which used to be a country. Mm. Um, so they've got the numbers, and you know, it kind of, kind of works, I think, for them. All oh, right, so you had Stebar riding against Sagan, did you? In theory, oh, yeah. Okay. But, right? not. but not. But not. But not. Yeah. Okay. But I think there may be a cost, uh, there may be a cost thing involved with that as well. Not, not entirely sure. But no. anyway, let's go back to the tour. Oh, just on that second one. And, and then, yes, Peter's second one. Again. <laughs> they should just group everyone together, all nation, the, the whole world, just group them all in one race, and then the first person from each country is the national champion. Just like, you know, say in the Aussie championships, the first under-23, you know, gets the under-23 under champion. Just group everyone together. Just because cycling's not in confusing one. enough. Just, <laughs> yeah, and just about, one race. And, and one, how about one the UCI day. do a race of national champions? yeah. Yeah. No, that doesn't. That doesn't <laughs> I guess either. then it'd be called, if I group everyone, I guess it's called the World Championships, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
That's right. Okay, let's. Um, I just want to go back to some uh, some selections just just briefly. Um, so far, because some teams are you know still have to announce uh, mm-hmm. who's writing. In terms of Australia, New Zealand, we've got uh, Richie Port, Patty Bevan, Simon Garrens, um, confirmed Heinrich. Heinrich uh, was overnight. I was, spoke to him two nights ago. He was still uncertain, and then it was announced last night that he would, in fact, be part of the Bahrain Merida. Which is amazing because of everything that's happened with him and his knees and yeah. everything else. And, you know, he ended up having a good spring. Very good. Right? He and said he, he had a knee injury that was basically ruled him out of all of last year. He yep. rode the World Championships for Australia, but then he's, he's come good. He had a good classics campaign. He was concerned in Ghent Ravelgram. He hit his knee and he the, the the sore knee, and he thought that that might have been sort of written off his his mid season. He's told me in the past that he'd pretty happily never ever do the Tour de France again. He hates the race. <laughs> uh, he's won a stage in two thousand and nine in yeah. Colmar in the wet. It was fantastic, but he. Um, is an asset when he's on form. People who have raced with him always want to race with him again. Hmm. Uh, he is a... I find him a larrick and I love interviewing Heinrich. He tells a good story. And I think that we should see quite a lot of him as Vincenzo goes for his... Um, yep. What's said to be his last Tour de France. And all of the GC guys seem to be saying that Nibali is the one to watch. Yep. Uh, so, yes, he'll be he'll be riding in support of uh, Vincenzo Nibali. So, Baron Merida... Um, Kristen Korn, Vincenzo Nibali, Domenico Pozzavivo, Jon Esgier, uh, Gorka Esgier, Sonny Colbrelli, uh, Pelizzotti, Franco Pelizzotti, and then, of course, Heinrich. Um, that's, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty damn good team. They're letting Pelizzotti back. Yeah, man. God. Yeah. Weren't you going through the Aussies? In oh, the yeah, sorry, sorry. Sorry, I got distracted with the Aussies. Yeah, I've, got, so the I've ones, come to a count so, of 11. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we've got also another Kiwi, Dion Smith, riding with uh, Wanty Group Gobert. Uh, which is which is great for Dion. That's his second consecutive Tour de France. You know, it's always interesting these guys who are just plugging away at mm. Uh, mm. at that pro Conti level. You know, he must and have some Greek heritage because I had a very good friend called Dion Zapacosta at university. <laughs> <laughs> so no relation. Um, then actually, also... no <laughs> talent heritage. Sorry. How did you draw that parallel? I have no idea. That's really. Um, we've got we've obviously got uh, Michael Matthews who will be um, uh, riding with Sunweb. Um, have they? Na- they haven't named that lineup yet. They haven't they? named that lineup. He's in a long list. Uh, there's still a lot to come, but um, I think we can pretty well. I've oh, got hang... eleven Aussies. Right. Yes. Uh, on my we've list, got including Rory, Rory. Rory Sutherland with the yeah. uh, UA Team Emirates making his tour debut. <laughs> yes, that's after right. After 258 years. Yes, and as then. A pro cyclist. <laughs> And, and then the Aussie team that's not an Aussie team, uh, we've got uh, Mitchelton Scott with Jack Bauer uh, from New Zealand, uh, Luke Durbridge, Matty Heyman, um, Heppy, Michael Hepburn, uh, Damien Housen, Daryl Impey from South Africa, Mikhail Neva, and, um, and of course, Adam Yates uh, leading the team on GC. So um, a pretty good, uh, pretty good selection of Aussies there, but, you mm. know, it's... Um, and then just rounding out the and Australians, Kiwis, and Kiwis. Uh, Simon Clark for EF Drapak. Well, I would anticipate. Yes, it's. It'd be I don't know certain. about Brendan Canty. I would like to think that he would be the twelfth Australian. Strong team, though, to fit to get into. They haven't announced that lineup yeah. yet. We're yeah. waiting. Yeah. Um, who's have we named all the Australians? Yeah, pretty much, and the Kiwis as well. So, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. So it should be. You know, there'll be a lot of interest. Um, in... we, can we shed a little tear for Nathan Hass's omission? Oh yes. Can you can you um, give us a little bit of background on that? Well, he had a, a pretty average April, which he'd hoped to excel in. But he has explained that 
plenty of times. He had illness and it didn't go the way that he wanted. But he fought on through, got to June, seemed to be flying at Tour de Suisse earlier this month. And was we were due to speak tomorrow about what he expects from his, what I think is, was to be his second Tour de France, with, and this time with Katusha Alpersin. And then I got a note last night from him saying, no, nah, they've flicked me and um, I'm really disappointed, but they've explained that they want me in races at the end of the year because I'm an end-of-the-year kind of guy. And so he didn't make the cut, which was is a big shame. I thought he would have been one of the sort of key motivators at Katusha Alpersin. Everyone loves to ride with him. He's... Yeah, his motivational factor is is is, is significant, hmm. and I think he would have been an asset to Marcel Kittel. But it looks like they're going in with a a sprint versus GC with, approach with Saccharin. Yeah, so we'll yep. see what comes of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Nathan Haas not in the tour. It's a great shame because he's uh, uh, he's fun. At at what point, Anthony, do writers like Nathan, etc., decide in their heads that? This is going to be my role. Say somebody like a writer like Rory Sutherland that we mentioned earlier. There's a guy who's got a tremendous focus on what he does on a team, what his value is for a team. Um, we still see writers like Nathan who are very ambitious and really want to get all the big gigs. But at some point, you really have to, I guess, in your evolution as a writer, just have to kind of just go, you know what? This is my lot. These are the things that I do and I do well. Yeah, I think he's still figuring out what type of writer he can be and – He's limited by those uh, opportunities to discover himself because, you know, you get paid based on performance. So if he wants to be a leader, you could say he hasn't really performed. Although, you know, he keeps saying his favourite race is Amstel. But, you know, when it comes to Amstel, for whatever reason, he hasn't really got there so you can't just base your whole season around one race unless you're someone like Tom Bonin uh so and yeah he's just not in that top top echelon I think he and so yeah he has to he has to make a call does he want longevity of his career or does he want to keep pursuing this classics spring classics leadership uh vein if you like so um or yeah i can't see him being super happy working for you know kittel or and and or uh zacharin you know at the tour yeah i'm sure he's disappointed but you know in that role i don't think it suits him i i see him more that's why i wasn't sure about his move to that team I, i sort of thought that um, Dimension Data or, you know, his previous team writing for Jonathan uh, Vorters, which is now Education First, Drapak. I thought they were better fits for someone like him and because of his, you know, idiosyncratic personality. <coughs> for me, it didn't really fit in, yeah, the the whole. And then, yeah, the whole Zacharin Kittel approach, I don't think is going to work too well. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Rob. We don't know for sure, but we would anticipate that if Cavendish is going to be part of the Dimension Data lineup, that Mark Renshaw will also be back. And yes. uh, so we're just we're going through the list of Australians, and I think it's worth just referencing that Mark is likely to do his tenth tour, I think. And uh, you know he doesn't hog the headlines at all, but when he's there, he certainly has an impact. Yep. And uh, there we go. We we're just talking about the Australians. I feel like we've missed someone. No, it's weird you no, no, talk we about yeah, Cavendish yeah, yeah. because, yeah, you just sort of forget about him. I hope he bounces back because he's had the roughest 
year or two years. last two years. Yeah, he just yeah. he gets back and then he <laughs> falls again. And when he falls, it's you know for a sprinter, it generally doesn't end too well. Not for him anyway. It would be so cool to see him beat Eddie's record. Like he's only four shy of it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's freaky to look at the, the at the stats and see thirty stage wins next to Cavendish name. I know we've had a few years to adjust to that, but I'm still, I still remember when he got his first one. I still remember when three years ago when everybody had written Mark off and he just came back and he had a blinder. So I'm hoping he's due, and he'll have a phenomenal tour. And that first, so. you know, up until the Roubaix stage, which is stage nine, mm. um, it, there's there's a lot of opportunity for the sprinters. Yep. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. very, very competitive. Yes. Um, okay. So on that note, I think we'll uh, we'll close this uh, close this podcast. Um, this will be our last one uh, prior to the Tour de France, when uh, Christophe Mallet will be back with uh, Dave Maka and uh, Dave McKenzie and Sophie Smith and I might even try and muscle my way into or, one or two. I think you. Yeah. Yeah, I go a, on Tuesday. Maybe a chance, so, and I'll be on the yeah. ground. Yeah. So for there, another there'll Tour be. There'll be a whole bunch of different characters in the um, in the in the podcast led by uh, led by Christoph and a few surprises as well. Um, look for it, and that's going to be daily uh, from the Tour de France. Uh, so pretty pretty awesome thing. Uh, Christoph will be very tired, which will be pretty hilarious because he's in Russia right now doing the same thing for the football World Cup. I have a photo of him sleeping in the press room last yeah. year. <laughs> I can testify that he does uh, get weary. Yes, he does. Even though it seems like he doesn't. He's got so much energy. So much energy. I love the way he runs that show. That's right. Yep. So um, they'll be back. And, of course, the entire entire SBS crew will be back uh, for the tour starting next next Saturday. We'll have Matty Keenan and um, Robin McEwen doing the English language global commentary again. Um, Your tour tracker, when's it go live? Now, that's, yes, I was just going to get to that as well. And also, um, our Tour de France website uh, look will drop uh, next Tuesday at the latest, along with the apps, which have been approved in both uh, the Android and uh, Apple respective stores. Um, So they've been approved, and it's just a matter of us pressing a button saying you can then download them now. So, Mm no. particularly new bells and whistles. Um, I think Dimension Data's got a whole lot of new tricks that they're going to roll out this year. Yes, we'll be talking to them about that at some point. It's going to be quite a lot more uh, second screen engagement. Yes, that's right, all the way across. Is that the buzzword in broadcasting, second screen? Second screen, yes, that's right. Second screen experience, I think. Yes. Needs to be be capitalised. Second, oh yeah, really? Yeah. Okay. Really? I don't know. Right, what okay. do I know about hyphenate? Second screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> this is the kind of stuff when you when you do spend spend all day writing and publishing. This is the kind of stuff you yeah. worried about. Do yeah. I hyphenate yeah. second screen? Yeah. Is it capitalized? Mm. Let's go to the video. I think there's we? less hyphens these days. It seems to throw people off. People off. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, so yes, we'll be back with uh, with our usual crew led by uh, Mike Tomalaris uh, for the TV broadcast. We are live every stage. From start to finish, on the web, every stage. Wow. Right? From start to finish, in the Tour Tracker app. The Tour Tracker app will have a different experience as well because it is uninterrupted by commercials. So you will only hear Matt and Robbie from Go to O. Um, the TV broadcast is a little bit different. Um, and then, of course, we've got lots and lots of catch-up um, with various programs throughout the day, including a bit of a refresh for the afternoon program, which will be more of a magazine-style show rather than just raw highlights and action um so yeah it'll be uh, it'll be good all the way around look for us feels like go time doesn't it we're ready 
It's on. And we'll, if you haven't had enough cycling this year, it's you're about, about to get some year. more. Yeah. Yes. And heaps with of the, it. heaps of it. Tons. And with that, we'll hit the road.